Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle, featuring your host, the writer, Chris Pike, and the scoring machine, Sean Redditch. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Barlow with his feet set, wants to access Landale, who have to shoot quickly. Jock Landale! McCarran got it into Landale, only just. Bubba! Puts the icing on top of the cake! Melbourne United have been on top of the table for all but four rounds. Hello and welcome. Our final episode of Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle for this NBL season. And as you just heard, Melbourne United, the deserved NBL champions. I think you would all have to agree. So we'll wrap all of that up on this week's show, talk about the latest movements across the league, have a look at the Boomer squad for the Olympics at Tokyo coming up later this month as well. Jam-packed show. I'll be joined later on by both Damian Martin, thanks to Boomerang, and Matty Knight, thanks to Tap Touch. But... I'm Chris Pike. As always, I'm joined by the one and only scoring machine, Sean Reddidge. And Sean, I think we got the champions that we probably thought we were going to get most of, of the NBL season. Yeah, well, I think we talked about it during the year. I think this Melbourne United team was one of the most talented ones that I've seen. And uh, you know, they just had all the pieces and they, they fit well. They, they could go to another level defensively. And uh, and then also adding in Jock Landale, he was just a uh, an outstanding player who who demanded so much attention. I think he made the, everyone else's job so much easier. And credit to Melbourne United, they uh, you know they walked the walk and talked the talk, and uh, mm-hmm. you know were able to uh, to come out champions. And uh, you know they they beat a Perth Wildcat team that fought pretty hard down some men, but uh, credit I think they they were the deserved champions this year. Clean sweep in the end, three 0 in the in the final series. But it was a it was a, the three games were a lot more competitive than I think they had any right being. It wasn't like that that series where the Wildcats hammered the the Hawks going back a a, a few years where it was a really dominant three game sweep. I think the Wildcats deserve a lot of credit for making all three of these games competitive. And in all three games, you go you have a look at the last minute, and they were a chance to actually snatch. Snatched the win in all three of them. It was a pretty brave, brave competitive effort from the Wildcats, even though the the history will show that it was a, a three 0 sweep. Yeah, I think so. And probably if I'm looking at it from from the outside, I think Trevor Gleason got a lot of credit, um, probably more than he he has in the past by just mm. how well he had his team competing against this Melbourne United team that that was pretty stacked and and playing playing some pretty good basketball. So. Uh, you know, to be able to, with those many players injured, not able to play, and especially take out the best player in the competition of Bryce Cotton, um, you, you're right to go into the, you know, Jesse Wagstaff has a shot to tie it uh, in game one. They were up by 12, I think, in in the first quarter of, of game two, and, and right there um, in the second half had their chances, and then game three, it was a three-point game. In the yeah. in the in the last thirty seconds of the game as well, so um, credit for the Wildcats for for fighting, um, being able to battle against a team so talented and and, and playing so well that uh, it was uh, it, 
you know, it was a it was a sweep, but uh, I think you 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 hit it right on the head there. That you know, it was a battle. I mean, Melbourne United had to come away each game knowing that they had to play well. They had to they had to compete to be able to get the win. Absolutely. And as it turned out, we didn't see Mitch Norton after sort of halfway through the second quarter with his hip injury. So he only played nine minutes in that in that game three last Friday night. Clint Steindl tried to give it a go, and he only played four minutes. And then Luke Travers. He battled pretty manfully. He still played almost 18 minutes, but I think I think when when he tried to finish off that alley oop from from John Mooney in the fourth quarter, we saw just how hindered he was by his calf injury when he just couldn't jump off that off off that off that off that league. That's how how far from 100 percent he was, and and like we talked about, it was, a, it was a brave effort with those three guys all trying to play. If you're a Wildcats part of that team, or if you're a Wildcats fan. Does any part of you just wonder what it might have been, even if those three guys were fully healthy and and you still were without Bryce? Could have it been a lot different? Yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, you, you think about how hard they played and how well they played. Um, defensively, they I thought they were outstanding all series, um, going up against a bigger and, and better um, front lawn than than the Wildcats had as well. So you know, the, you look at every position, and probably Melbourne United wins almost every position mm. there. So um, to uh, to go kind of toe to toe with uh, one of the best teams I've seen in my time in the NBL, um, a lot of credit. And you, yeah, you just you just wonder, but it is one of the things, and it's why winning a championship is so tough. It's not only do you have to be the best team, but you got to be the best team, everyone healthy, and you got to be playing your best at the Absolutely. right time of the year. Yep. You know, there's no sense in in playing great basketball in November um, and then not being able to back it up in later on in the year. So it's a uh, it's a tough thing to win a championship. It's tough to win back to back, and and even um, even tougher to win three in a row. So, um, but you know, I think if you're a Wildcat supporter, nine grand finals in the mm. last twelve years that's uh, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> it is, um, and like you said, it goes to show why you build a deep roster all season long. We talked about how this Melbourne team was the deepest, probably the deepest team we've seen perhaps ever, or at least in a long time. And you have a look at every every single position. You, you start at the at the one spot. You've got Shay Illy, and he's backed up by, by Udai Baba. Then you've got Chris Golding backed up by by Scotty Hobson. Then you've got Sam McDaniel backed up by, well, I guess he's backed up by um, whoever you like. There could be Scotty Hobson. You got, and you've got Mitch McCarron in the one spot as well. Um, the four spot, you've got Mason Peatling and then Dave Barlow coming Coming, coming off the bench, the five spot, you've got Jock Landale and you've got Joe Lowell Achul. And then backing all of those guys up, you've still got, you've still got Dave Anderson. Um, it's the deepest team I think you can just about imagine having having um, in the NBL right now. And they're all healthy come finals time. And in fairness to the Wildcats, even if Bryce was there, um, I don't know if they could have overcome this team. Look, I'm never going to discount a Bryce Cotton-led sure. team. I, I think they could have won. I don't know if they would have, but I, I definitely think would have given them a good good shot with Bryce Cotton. I just think he's a he's a game changer, a bit like Jock Landale is for Melbourne United. Um, but you're right. I mean, Melbourne United just you know the 
they put that roster together so nicely. I mean, they've got mm. defenders, they've got scores, they've got shooters, they've got a big guy in the middle that can hold down the fort. So it was it was an impressive impressive uh, GM job and and making yeah. sure that they put them together and um, just getting those guys to to play together. It was they were they were a fun team to watch. I thought they you know they had each other's back and and uh, they really bought in to the system and, and came together and they were a tough team to beat. I mean, you kind of felt like when you beat Melbourne United, you kind of caught them on a, on an off day because it wasn't going to happen very often. Jock Landale, grand final MVP. Were you pretty happy with that decision? Oh, absolutely. He was, he yeah. was the difference, you know, I probably Chris Golding was mm-hmm. a, a close second to, to win it. Um, but I just think the presence, you know, anytime he got the ball, he had two, three guys on him. Um, he was still able to score. If you if you single covered him, didn't matter who you put him on. Um, he, he it was a bucket waiting to happen, and he just had to play with a bit of an edge. You could see he was there to win a championship, and I'm sure he's going to go on to uh, some bigger things next year. But he uh, accomplished his goal, and uh, you know I think it's you know one of those things where he can be mighty proud of uh, of his effort this year in the NBL. Well, like you said at the start, it's one thing to walk to walk the talk and come into a season saying that you expect to go undefeated. And I think I think he was a little bit misunderstood. I think he was just simply saying that every game that they play this season, they will go on go in expecting to win. And I think that's a, a great attitude to have. But he came in saying that they would accept nothing but a championship, and they won a championship. It's a it's a lot harder to actually back up your your talk than to than to say it. So it's a lot of, a lot of credit to Jock to put that pressure on himself and then to then to back it up. Yeah, and to do it uh, in a season where there's you know so much uncertainty, didn't know mm. where you were playing, when you were playing, if there's going to be fans, no fans. It was uh, you know the season got delayed. You know by the time June hits, usually you've had a couple months off in, in the off season and, and they're still playing. So uh, a long season for those guys as well. Most of them, you know, started the preseason in August, September and uh, still yeah. playing 10 months, almost like an NBA season um, in some ways. So I think everyone will hope be hoping that next year you're, you're looking at uh, a normal season, um, not, not a long off season this year. Um, they're still talking about a, an October start. So, mm-hmm. um, but let's hope it gets back to a little bit more normality and, um, you know, not having to play that, that hub 36 game season. I think it was tough, um, tough on some of the teams and players. Even from a selfish point of view, um, having to cover cover every game when there was a game just about every single day for six months. Um, it, 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 was a, it was a long season for us trying to cover the league as well, Sean, as we, as we found trying to, to back up every week here, here on the show. But when we reflect back at now, um, how do you look back on this season? Do you feel like the league as a whole deserves a lot of credit for what they were able to still, still accomplish and to still get off a, a full season? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, different challenges thrown at them and border restrictions and, you know, games being moved last minute and mm. flying teams out. You know, probably one of the worst jobs uh, in the in the country right now is being a sport administrator and trying to put on yeah. a league as, as we're looking at, you know, some of the AFL and netball and, and all that. They're having to handle this, uh, the current outbreak that we have. So, it's a it's a tough challenge, and uh, you know I think the league did as well as they could. Um, you know having that hub there and 
that little tournament there in the middle of the year, the NBL Cup, um, I think mm-hmm. was a good idea. Yeah. Um, probably, I, I'm not sure it's a long-term solution. I, I, you know, looking back, probably the teams don't want to, you know, be putting their marquee player through such a a grind where they may lose out. Like as we're seeing, we saw at the Wildcats at the end of the year, and, and some of the other teams um, facing yeah. players not being able to play. That's not what you want. You want you know teams fresh and, and your best players out there at the end of the season. All right, so that, that that's the NBL season done, and only days after the grand final game three, free agency opened, and all of a sudden, a lot of a lot of movement has started to to come about over the last week since. So we'll get to that shortly, and there's so much for us to to for us to discuss here on on this week's show, Sean. Um, we want to follow up on the ownership of the Perth Wildcats that has now progressed from what we discussed last week. the The offer is now has been made and has been lodged by Sport Entertainment Group to take over 100% ownership in the Wildcats. And I guess some of the questions that we had last week in terms of how it works to for one company to have a stake in in two different clubs has been answered with Craig Hutchison standing down now as, as co-chairman of Melbourne United and SEG is now planning on either diluting or divesting their 25% ownership in Melbourne United. So it looks like there'll be no no way that you can sort of level a conflict of interest against them. Um, are, you, are you feeling happier about about the situation now that it's becoming a little bit more realistic? Yeah, we still don't know all the little details, um, mm. and I'm sure the, the NBL is working through that. But, uh, you know, knowing that, you know, you're not going to have a chairman of Melbourne United, also the owner of the Perth Wildcats, <laughs> that's definitely yeah. a good step. Yep. Um, in the right direction, and you know, if I'm if I'm looking at it probably selfishly from living out west in Perth Wildcats, I would say SCG Group should not have any ownership of of Melbourne United mm-hmm. um, if they're going to take over a hundred percent of the Perth Wildcats. I think that that's got to be one of the um, criterias to to make it uh, to. I don't know. I I just think. You want to no, no, get? I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think you want to get the the WA fans and and community around this ownership because I think someone coming over east you kind of already put on the back foot already. So yeah. to come out and say, look, this is you know we are divesting all of our interest in Melbourne United. We are solely focused on Perth Wildcats and continue the great tradition that they have. I think that would be. Uh, That'd be a great step for Craig and, and the SEG group. Don't know if that'll happen, but um, it, you know that would be my recommendation because you know they there's that sense of pride in WA mm-hmm. and in the Wildcats, and it's almost like WA against the East Coast, and so yep. um, you know there's there's that kind of already um, rivalry, as you, uh, you might say, with with the, with the rest of the uh, rest of the country. So I think it would be a good good step. But um, you know, saying all the right things at the start. So uh, mm-hmm. I'll be interested. Obviously, he's going to put his own stamp on 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 the Wildcats. But uh, you know, a lot of credit to Jack Bendat for the time he spent with the Wildcats. Pretty much saved them. They were uh, they were struggling financially. Not the club that we know they were when he took over. So uh, a lot of credit goes to him and. And uh, and everyone involved with the Wildcats and creating something that uh, is pretty special at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to 
spend a little bit of time to speak about the legacy that Jack will will have left at the club because when he took over the ownership, it wasn't a an attractive club to be an owner of. They were yet yet to have fully even established themselves in terms of selling out the old Challenge Stadium. It was still kind of in that in that era where the the Red Army hadn't been fully established yet. That whole marketing campaign hadn't been been fully bought into and and it was it was a real the championships weren't quite on the radar just yet that they were obviously still making playoffs in your early years at the club but not quite a championship threat but yeah under the under the ownership of Jack and then his relationship that he had with Nick Marvin their combination as owner and then CEO or managing director I think it's one of the most successful management of any sporting clubs in the country I think if you have a look at where the Wildcats were 15 years ago to where they are now, and you, you have to consider them. That's that's not even worry about the on court success, but off the court, they are one of the most successful sporting clubs in the country, and that is all because of the way the direction that's come down, and and certainly the investment from Jack, but then also the way he has allowed the club to be run, especially from Nick, and now now Troy Georgiou has taken taken over that as well, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember. I, I, he's he's a hard taskmaster. You know that. You, you know the the standards that he set for for his players. But for the office staff and the management, it was just as tough. I remember going back a decade when I used to work inside the club. The the staff meetings and the targets that were set financially that the club had to meet were almost unrealistic. But by setting the standards so high, it meant that everybody was was working to such a high standard. Everybody was pushing themselves and. Ultimately, the club was pushing themselves to be the best in the country, and that's what they've become. and And I think it all starts with with the leadership from Jack. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you you hit the net on or nail on the head right there. I mean, the fact that you came in weren't even selling out Challenge Stadium. I think we were wearing black jerseys when uh, when <laughs> yeah. I first arrived. So. I think one of the first things Nick Marvin and Jack did was, hey, we're we're the Wildcats. We wear red, and uh, the Red Army was started. And then obviously moving to uh, to Perth Arena, which then became RAC Arena, was a big step in the club. And and I wasn't sure if if you know we were getting what four or five thousand to mm-hmm. Challenge Stadium on a regular basis. Uh, I thought maybe seven, eight, maybe nine. But um, you're right. The, the, Back they, then there was absolutely no guarantee. It was a massive gamble from the club to make that jump. And uh, and made the jump, and you know, best thing that uh, one of the best things that ever happened to the club. Yeah. So. Uh, you know they built built the stadium, and they say if they build it, the fans will come. Well, the <laughs> fans certainly came, and and they haven't yeah. left. So it's uh, it's been a remarkable journey. I think. Look, in all honesty, Andrew Vlahoff was the owner, and he was given his ownership. Part of his ownership was given to him mm. by Luke Longley because he didn't want it anymore. So <laughs> yeah. um, that yeah. tells you kind of the state of of where the club is and then uh the reported figures of i think eight and a half million is what's been thrown out there we don't know the exact number mm. but um you got to think from the sources that have have said that uh, they're pretty reliable that uh you know to take a club from that basically people were given away to uh to one of the most remarkable um sporting organizations in the maybe if not the best sporting organization in the country just as far as the record and you know the community involvement engagement 
is uh, is pretty remarkable. So, yeah, I think a lot of credit goes to Jack. I think you're right there. Nick Marvin has a lot to do with that as well. And I think, uh, you know, the, the group there that's now, Troy Georgiou and, and everyone that's involved has uh, kept it kept it at a high level. How did you get along with Jack? Did you ever have much of a personal relationship with him? Oh, look, yeah. I mean, it wasn't one of those things where, uh, you know, you'd see him come down to training and, and say hi. And, you know, he was always... Uh, you know, cordial and, 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 you know, encouraging and, and making sure that, uh, that we had the, uh, the resources that we needed to try and be successful. I mean, I remember, you know, even Nick coming in and saying, look, Jack said, what do you guys need to be able to give yourself best chance to win a, win a championship this year? And, um, so you just knew that from the, from the get go is going to provide the resources, uh, which is what you want as a player. You know, you go into a, a season, you want to be competing for a championship. You just don't want to be making up the numbers. So, um, and, uh, you know, you could just see he was passionate. You know, he was passionate about winning. And I think that uh, driven throughout his whole life. And um, for a guy who's, uh, you know, came over here, made uh, made quite of an um, impression here in WA. And, uh, you, you know, I think it's uh, – Fitting that uh, you know he was able to kind of oversee quite possibly one of the greatest uh, errors we've seen in, in sporting history in in, mm. in Australia nine grand finals in twelve years and, and yeah. six titles over over his time was uh, pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And all, all he wanted to know from me every time he saw me was why were we not on the back page of the newspaper that day? That was that was the only thing I ever had to continue to to have an answer for. So. No matter who you were in the organisation, he would always set high standards and, and, and that's why the club's been so successful. So um, let's hope that these new owners are up to the task because they, they've got a high standard to follow. Um, speaking of that, Adam Ford was somebody that came through the ranks of the Perth Wildcats. Um, I, I think he did a great job this season as coach of the Sydney Kings. For whatever reason, that didn't work out. But to me, it looks like a perfect fit for him to end up now in charge of the Cairns Taipans. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, the fact that he got a year of head coaching ability um, and experience, mm. you know, it's a, it's one of those things. He, he won a championship in, in the SBL and obviously with the Wildcats for a long time as assistant coach. But there's no, you know, when you're the head coach, um, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that are going on that you've got to probably don't know until you're kind of thrown into that fire. So uh, he'll be a better coach for it. I thought, you know, City Kings played well and, you know, probably injuries kind of hurt their chances um, down the stretch as well. But, um, you know, going into a, a Cairns, it's kind of got that underdog mentality. I think he'll uh, he'll do some great things up there. Yeah, I agree. And the last vacancy for the head coaching spots for this upcoming season, the Sydney Kings, Chase Buford. A pretty famous name in basketball, in the basketball field, but over in the US. Um, what do you know about him, and what do you expect him to bring to the Sydney Kings? Look, I don't know a whole lot about him. Obviously, being over in the US, I've kind of been out of that system for for a number of years. But you just kind of felt like, with how it went down, that he was kind of on that radar for a long time, um, even before mm. you know. We know they came out and said Adam Ford wasn't going to be the coach next year before the season had even finished. So you got to feel like they, they really like Chase and, uh, you know, he's got a good reputation. So, 
Um, we've seen some, there's been some good coaches that have come out over from the U S and, and had some success. So it'll, um, you know, can he follow in those footsteps? And I mean, the hard part for him will be coming into a new league. Um, you know, it is a different league. It's a different environment. So can he get up to speed, but, um, you know, it comes with good reps and, and I'm sure you did well in over in the G League this past yeah. year as well. So that's a, that's a tough league to get the guys buy-in and, and playing good basketball and not worried about individual stats and individually how they're going. So it's, uh, I, you know, I, I'm excited to see see how he goes. And, uh, you know, he's coming into a good situation. Uh, Sydney Kings, they're, uh, you know, going to spend some money and be able to put a competitive team out there on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and his dad was a was a fantastic executive at the San Antonio Spurs. I think he was he was you know in charge of, of the Spurs during their remarkable run. I think I think I think they won five titles when he was he was he was he was there running the Spurs. So um, obviously comes from from great stock. Um, a little bit of other coaching news, and then we'll we'll take a break, Sean. And Jacob Chance has moved on from the Perth Wildcats as well. He's joined the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Obviously Scott. Scott Roth had a big say in that, and and you know, we haven't chatted about this this yet on the show. Mark Radford is is on board as an assistant coach down there at the Jack Jumpers as well. Are you, are you happy with the coaching staff that they've assembled? Well, look, they've taken a lot from the Wildcats. That's uh, <laughs> kind of from the outset. Kind of looks like they've said, "Look, who who do we want to model our club after?" Um, and uh, and they said, "Let's go get every Wildcat coach that we can get." So <laughs> Scott Roth, Mark Radford, um, actually recruited me. It was the reason I, I'm actually living in Australia at the moment. So he's yeah, an outstanding yeah. coach. I think they're pretty lucky um, they've got him, and he's been um, doing some great things with basketball Tasmania. So he'll fit right in over there. And then Jacob Chance, um, you know, come up through the Wildcat system as well. So. Um, the word is they, they almost got Mitch Norton as well. Mm. So, uh, you would be surprised if, uh, if they don't chase Bryce Cotton in a, in a couple of years time as, as well, <laughs> it seems like, uh, they're trying to, uh, replicate everything over there. Um, which why, why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, the, the success that the Wildcats have had, um, you know, I think that they're putting together a, a good coaching staff and, um, I'm interested to see how their team kind of plays out. Um, but I'm sure they'll, uh, you know, if you're if you're a player coming out of contract, this is a year. You know, when a new team comes in, that's always uh, kind of pushes up the uh, the contracts a little bit more for the guys that are, are in demand. Well, Manny Knight was quick to rule out moving back to Tasmania. Did they did they reach out to the scoring machine? <laughs> no, no, I'm past my my days. Uh, they they might have to recruit Dylan um, in a, in a few <laughs> years' time. If uh... what, about, what, what about for the coaching staff? Uh, no, 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 uh, no reach out there. Uh, I'm, I'm quite happy, uh, coaching, uh, the juniors at the moment. So, um, you know, I'll, uh, I'll stick to, stick to that. And, uh, you know, I think they've got some, some fantastic coaches there. Uh, so there's no, uh, you know, you know, I enjoy my time in Tasmania, but, uh, I'm, I'm here in Perth. Have the Mandra Magic reached out to you, Sean? Can you imagine lining up in that team with Luke Travers now on board with, with Scott Machado and you got Jeremy Grace there, you've got you got you got big big Brian Carwell, you've got Ben Smith. It's a it's a, it's an almost an NBL roster that the Mandarin Magic are putting together under Aaron Traher. Yeah, something uh something's happening down there in Mandra, some big things. Uh yeah. you don't really see 
you know, you might get one big name, but they go get Luke Travers as well. That's that's pretty impressive. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see how they 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 play out. I think Machado and Travers will work really well together, and uh, that's going to be exciting. I, I, you know, the thing I like about it as well is kind of bi- a bit of a draw card when yep. when the manager of Magic kind uh, of come up in, into the Perth uh, and play all these teams up here. It's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be some crowds that come out. We saw that with uh, against Wilton in Machado's yeah. first game. So, yeah, Travers, um, there's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, wigs and hair coming out <laughs> to uh, support their, uh, you know, the WA Golden Child at the moment. But, but no scoring machine? <laughs> no scoring machine, no. I'm... Uh, my, my days of playing, I think, are, are finished there, Pikey. I'll, uh, all right, I'll leave all right. it to the young bucks these days. <laughs> okay, Sean, there's plenty of ground covered so far on Hoop 7's basketball hustle for, for this week. Let's take a deep breath. We won't hear from Damien Martin on this week's show. What I'll do is I'll do a separate show with Damo where we wrap up the NBL season and also have a look towards the Boomers Olympic campaign in the next week or two, so keep your eyes eyes out for that. But what we will do is we'll take it take a breath now, Sean, and I'll catch up with Maddie Knight. Thanks to Tap Touch, and we'll have a have a chat with the three time NBL championship winning big man. Okay, back here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle with the one and only Matty Knight, thanks to Tap Touch. The NBL season, the season that felt like it was never going to end, Matty, is, is now over and I think we've got the champion that we probably probably deserved in the end with Melbourne United. Yeah, no, definitely. I thought wrong a lot. The season that probably didn't sound like it was going to end there for a while, but, uh, yeah, no, I think best team won. I was just very handy by injuries grand final series, which could have made a difference, mm. but um, it was a jock to come out pre-season as championship or bust, yep. so he walked walk, 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 so um, and uh, now in the best team, probably walked away to the championship, but uh, a lot of fans, including myself, I think they would prefer to see a Bryce Cotton out there healthy, sure. yeah. probably would have been a five-game series, so, but um, you play against who's on the court, and uh, turn us credit, um, they didn't give in. They could have easily just gone to Melbourne and just showed up, but they, they competed and yeah. they pushed Melbourne the whole way. So, yeah. full press first, uh, under band, but um, yeah, definitely the best team won. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking throughout the whole series that the Perth team that they had on the court had no right to be as competitive as they were, but in all three games, in the last minute of each, all three of them, they had a chance to win. They were... They were a lot more competitive than they had had any right to, to, to have been and and I doubt any other team could have done that with, with the injuries that, that they had. No, when you're missing the M V P um the big loss and be within like you said, within each game, full credit to them. Um, yeah, not so many other teams would have been on form like that, but it's a grand final series, so it's all or nothing, so You'd be pretty disappointed if they didn't bring it. Yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, no. Um, unfortunately, they didn't have the firepower. You pretty happy with Jock Landale being the grand final MVP? Yeah, no, nah, there was no question about yeah. that. He was exceptional. Um, obviously, he was pretty upset that he was not in the top three of MVP. <laughs> yeah. But he came out and showed why he is uh, 
he's one of the best players in the league and um, hopefully Melbourne United fans and NDL will be hoping he sticks around for another season. It's an interesting one. Would you imagine him still being in the NBL next season or do you think he's a real chance of getting a crack in the NBA? I don't know. They're completely different um, leagues. So yeah. uh, the NBA is every kid and every basketballer's dream, but um, only a certain few make it. And, um, I'm sure you'll get a crack. Uh, you'll probably get invited to a training camp or something. But, um, I'm sure that doesn't work out. I'm sure Melbourne will be calling his agent mm. trying to get him back, back to Melbourne. He proved that if he played the minutes in the regular season, he would have been close to MVP as well. But because yeah. of the way Melbourne shared the minutes, um, probably would have hurt him. But Grand Finals, he stood up and showed why he's one of the best players in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, there's been lots of off-season news already. Free, free agencies only opened this week, and we've seen plenty of movement. Before we get to get to some of that, Matty, um, how do you reflect back on this NBL season? Um, it was one where we just had to roll with the punches and, and I guess, deal with whatever COVID threw at us. But I feel like, as the as a league, the NBL hand, handled it pretty much as well as they, they could have. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of issues thrown at them, and uh, full credit to Larry and the team to uh, get the season completed. Mm. Uh, a lot of COVID outbreaks, a lot of teams having to jump on a plane straight away, get out of the LS State and NBL. I'm sure they had a lot of contingency plans, but probably not as many as they expected to go through. But um, I'm sure a lot of teams probably weren't happy about the NBL Cup yep. being as yep. long as it was. Sure. Uh, a month away, it's a long time. Yeah, so but other than that, yeah, full credit to NBL to get the season done and um, through a very uncertain time in Australia and the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, now, the, like I said, there's been some big news already this week as free agency. Before we get to some of the player signings, um, we've now got no coaching vacancies. All the coaching spots are filled. The latest is Adam Ford going to the Cairns Taipans, and I, I imagine, given your your history with, with Fordy, you're pretty happy that he's landed landed that job. Yeah, definitely. He's got so much to offer, and I think he's got a good history. They've gone through four coaches in four years. Yeah. Yeah, probably not the ideal starting point for him, but in market. But hey, he did uh, a fantastic job. They had a lot of injuries this year. David Cook missed a lot of time. Darrell Mark. Mm-hmm. So, credit to get him. They almost made finals too. So, yeah, they did. They only missed out by percentage in the end. Yeah, it wasn't a disappointing season for him, but Dan's is a perfect spot for 40. Um, I agree. I so agree. He's going to be the underdogs for a lot of, a lot of games, but he's going to get those boys playing hard. And that's what they need up there. Um, he knows a lot of boys. Uh, Nate's back. Yep. He had a really good relationship with Nate when he was there uh, in first. So, yeah, he'll do a, a good things up there. I'm sure he'll get a few recruits up there as well. Yeah, I think so too. I think it, I think I I don't necessarily think Mike Kelly was treated fantastically, but once that decision was made, I'm really happy that they've gone with, with Adam Ford as, as the, the replacement. Um now some some player news. The Tasmania Jack Jumpers, Maddie, they've made their first player signing, and it's Sam McDaniel. So fresh off a fresh off being a starter on a championship winning team at Melbourne United, that's not a not a bad player to, to add to your group. Yeah, no, um, it was a shock to someone. Yeah, I thought they were going to ask a high profile, mm. but I'm guessing they're waiting to 
a lot settled down. But no, obviously he's got a championship on his belt. He started a championship team, so he's still quite young, I believe. So yep. to build a franchise around him, so well, you got the right people to come in. But um, no, it's good for signing, and um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. And the Stadium fans will be very excited and waiting to hear who else they're signing. My understanding is the next announcement is going to be Jack McVeigh. Um, would you be pretty happy with him coming on board too? Yeah. Um, like I just said, right, they're going to need some high profile. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people down in Tassie, they, they want to see uh, a competitive team. And yeah, Jack McVeigh did well. No offense to Zach, but um, he was up and down in Adelaide. Yeah. So sometimes you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. He's got potential. Fresh start, maybe what he needs. But um, yeah, they're definitely going to need to get some... Uh, I think the, the the man you mentioned last week, Brad Newley, would be perfect. And there's a lot of talk about Mitch Norton potentially signing on as well. That'd be that'd be a couple of handy handy additions. Mitch Norton would be perfect. Yep. He's won championships. He's a great leader. Seeing what he did in the final series, so that's what the other guy Tazzy would love down there. And I would be going after him. Um, the starting point guard, he'd probably be captain of the team mm-hmm. and lead by example. So I hope uh, Tassie up to him and uh, tough to get him away from Perth. Yep. Success they've had here, but hey, uh, they come off it with a nice paycheck and uh, <laughs> probably the captain would be, uh, be looking at it keenly. And the fact that he hasn't signed with Perth already yep. shows that uh him about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest surprise so far was Mitch McCarron leaving Melbourne United fresh off the championship where he had probably the best season of his career um, and signed with the Adelaide 36ers. I, I, that took me by surprise a little bit. Yeah, not sure what's happened there. Mm. Uh, maybe money does talk to <laughs> but uh, sometimes guys just want to keep going. Yeah. Um, he's won championships now. He had a fantastic season, so... Moved Adelaide to a pretty point this year. I'll get the injuries and whatnot, but he continues to build on the season he had this year. Though, and, um, that's a fantastic sign to Adelaide. Mm. And they've been helpful to stay in Adelaide. Yeah. What they need, they want to be competitive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I guess the, the next biggest thing we've got to look forward to is the Olympics and the, the Boomers campaign. So much talk about trying to win a medal for the first time. What what was your reaction to Ben Simmons' decision to not end up playing for the Boomers at, at this Olympics? I think uh, Ryan was on the ball was yeah. probably a long shot. Um, obviously, Ben probably hasn't finished to the playoffs in the finals. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, <laughs> a lot of pressure on him. No one did. Philadelphia is a basketball-loving city, yeah. and it was the first to admit that he didn't perform at his best. So well, sometimes you need to get away and, and work on the game. Um, still young, so there are opportunities for him to still represent Australia. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, the last two times he said he's going to play, he's pulled out. But sometimes you've got to look out for yourself. Yeah. Um, do what's best for you. And um, yeah, he's probably not sure where he's going to be playing next week. So um, you want to get probably wants to get work on his game, come back and have a better season next year. And um, he's got 
couple more winters left in him. So yeah, um, quite, quite hobby, easily. Yeah, and if you're not fully committed, then I think it was like Bogan said, then um, not worth being there if you don't want to really represent the country. So well, especially when you're taking the spot of somebody that would give their give their life for it. Exactly. So you see both sides of the story, but um, yeah, I think Australia's still got a very competitive team. With you got Paddy Mills, Kelly, Aaron Bay, uh, David Cook. Still a lot of talent mm. on that side. And you got Brian Gordon back in yeah. coach. So he's been there. He's just missed out on the medals before. So they're going to be very keen. And um, I still believe they've got the firepower to make it. Well, speaking of that squad, Matty, I want to put you on the spot. The squad is down to a 17-man squad ahead of the Olympics. It now starts later this month. It's really creeping up. It's only it's only four weeks away until it starts. So they're, they're at a training camp in Las Vegas right now. Um, and they're down to 17 men. I want you to trim this down to a 12-man squad for me. So I'll run through the 17 men. You give me a, a yes or no I'll answer. Say yes or, I'll say yes or no. Okay. Yeah. Aaron Baines. Yes. Xavier Cooks. I'm going to say yes. Yep. Mitch Creek. Uh, no. Matthew Delavadova. Yes. Dante Exum. Uh, ooh, that's a tough one. Mm. He may, he's been, the injuries have cost him a lot of playing. Yeah. So, that's a tough one. Um, at this stage, I'll say yes. Okay. Josh Giddy. Chris Golding? No. Mm. Josh Green? Yes. Uh, Joe Ingalls? Yes. <laughs> uh, Nick Kay? Uh, no, I'm going to go Brock Lee over Nick Kay. Yep. Jock Landale? We spoke about him earlier. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Paddy, Mill, Paddy Mills? Probably <laughs> be the flag bearer. Yeah. No, that's definitely, yeah. <laughs> and Brock Modem? Job Reith. Ooh, I'm going to say no. Yeah, uh, uh, he's still someone I don't know a whole lot about. Um, yeah. Ben Simmons is ruled out. And Nathan Sobey? Oh, uh, no. Got Paddy and Deli. Yeah. Right the point, yeah. And Matisse Thibel. Yeah. Okay, let's see how many we've got. We might need to get some of those back Find off it. the deathbed. We've got, we've got one, two... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, you got eleven. So that means one one more gets to gets to gets to get a reprieve. Uh, we'll, put, we'll put Chris in. Chris Golding. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think I think that that's a pretty good looking twelve. I would I would be very surprised if that twelve didn't come back with at least a bronze medal. Yeah. Exactly. Um. How do you find it? How do you find international basketball? Do you get yourself up for it? Do you get pretty excited to watch the Boomers try to to fight for a medal? Yeah, no, definitely. I was just still chasing that Olympic medal. Um, no, I definitely follow them, but uh, obviously with America or a pop European team playing, and um, it's exciting to watch because you've got the best of the best. Yeah, yep. But no, it's uh, it's an exciting time in international basketball. Yeah, it is, and I've had a lot of fun this this year, Maddie, catching up with you again and spending some time with you back here on on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle Tab Touch. Have made it possible. I hope I hope you've enjoyed it as well. In some ways, it's kind of a way for you to stay involved in the NBL world. So hopefully, 
we can build on it, build on it next season, and hopefully all of our all of our listeners have enjoyed hearing from from you again. Um, how have you found this whole experience? I've enjoyed it, mate. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come in and uh, speak weekly about basketball. It's been a while, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. So thank you again. No, of course, Matty. Uh, we've known each other for a long time, so it's great to catch up with you again on a on a regular basis. Um, now, I imagine the next few months is going to be pretty busy. Busy family-wise, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's. I love hearing the updates, but I imagine in three months' time, when we catch up again for the next NBL season, they would have grown up a, a, a lot in that in that short amount of time again. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, uh, three <laughs> months would make a massive difference. Uh, yeah. No, with our footy and basketball, that's a uh, busy household. That's for sure. And then school as well. So, no, uh, we absolutely love it. So uh, I absolutely love. Yeah, out watching our kids do uh, what they love to do. Fantastic, Matty. Thanks again for all of your support this year, and let's hope we can do it again next season. Thanks, Mikey. Appreciate it, Okay, back here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Matty Knight for the last time here for this NBL season anyway. We hope to be back later this year once the once the new season gets underway. But the teams are certainly wasting no time preparing for next season already, already Sean. Probably the biggest signing so far in free agency and one that caught me a little bit by surprise, fresh off the championship, Mitch McCarron going from Melbourne United to joining the Adelaide 36ers. Yeah, that one is surprising. I think that, you know, losing Giddy next year, they're going to hand the keys to Mitch McCarron. And uh, we've seen, you know, he's an outstanding playmaker, can play both sides of the basketball, and a huge get for for the Adelaide 36ers. So um, credit to them. You know, they had Mitch McCarron, Daniel Johnson, and still go get three more imports. Um, mm-hmm. got, and, and also Sunday Dutch there. Um, you got to like the, you know, the team that they're starting to put together. You got to go get some some good quality locals, and especially ones that can play both sides of the ball, like Mitch McCarron. Um, yeah. Is uh, that's a huge get for them, and and I think it'll be a big loss for Melbourne United as well. Absolutely, yeah, I really like that backcourt of Mitch McCarron and Sunday Dish to start with, and then you add in probably an import that can score. Um, yeah, I think it's a good way to start. Um, some good moves for the Cairns Taipans to give Adam Ford something to work with. And, you know, I think we always expected Nate Jawai to come back. You know, Jordan Nartai's back. Mirko Jarek is back. But the big one, Majuk Deng, he was receiving some some decent offers, uh, you know, across the board. Um, I think it's important for Adam Ford to have that core to, to start off with. He's or, and he's already got Scott Machado, you know, booked in to come back as well. Yeah, that's a good uh, good nucleus to start with. Uh, you know, they, they would have been disappointed with the year they had last year. So um, you got to think that uh, all those guys will be um, pretty motivated to have a great season and, and you know, kind of bring back, uh, I guess, the, the Cairns Taipans we saw from two years ago. So I'm going to see who they, they match up with um with those guys but uh you know to be able to get i think the fact that the league is going to go back to three imports mm. will really help cans and kind of um solidify them as, as a contender again it's important they get two other really good imports but um 
I think history shows that they are generally pretty good at that. Um, another one a little bit surprising, after he had such a good rookie season with the Phoenix, but the pull of going back home, Yanni Wetzel has signed at the New Zealand Breakers. He was a bit of a surprise this year. I didn't, hadn't really known much about him, but I was yeah. really impressed with, with how he played. And, you know, he was a big guy down there that uh, kind of knew his role and, and played it exceptionally exceptionally well. So I think a good get for New Zealand and, uh, you know, a good, good piece to kind of build your, your team around. Then the Perth Wildcats, we talked on, talked a bit earlier about Mitch Dorden re-signing. It's a massive get for the club. Um, they have announced that Clint Steindl and Will Magne will will be moving on. Um, probably neither of those is a great surprise, I don't think, Sean. Yeah, I thought maybe Clint Steindl. They might try and keep him around. I, I think yeah. you know having you can never have enough shooters on a team. So you know he, he was a bit up and down this year, um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure there'll be some teams wanting Clint Steindl and definitely some teams wanting. Will Magne, but uh, he, he, where he ends up will, remains to be seen. But, um, you know, I think that the Wildcats, if they can get Mooney back and then uh, still got Blanchfield, Mitch Norton, Bryce Cotton, and uh, then potentially two more imports, and uh, obviously Luke Travers as well, you got to, you got to like um, where that started. But I think Mitch Norton was a big piece to, to get back, and probably you know, we don't know if, if Jesse Waxaf is going to play on, but if he mm. doesn't, you got to imagine uh, the captaincy will move over to uh, Mitch Norton down the track, and, and rightfully so. Yep, absolutely. Already been a captain in the NBL before. He was captain back at the Townsville Crocodiles going back under Sean Dennis, so he, he knows all about leadership. Um, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, their first player signing was another one, another player straight out of the Melbourne United Championship, Sam McDaniel. And, you know, he might not be a big name, but... If you're a starter on a championship-winning team, you you know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone would be was kind of surprised with the lineup that Vickerman went with Sam McDaniel, but it worked for him, um, yeah. and kind of, I guess, kind of just settled everyone down into their role and allowed the stars to kind of shine, the, well, like Jacques Landale. Um, at the start of the game, and then you kind of bring in Hobson. So, uh, but Sam McDaniel played both sides of the ball, um, you know, developing into a better three-point shooter and uh you're right championship experience you uh hard to come by so uh, a good good signing i think they're gonna need need a lot more um but uh, i'm sure they're they're working hard to uh announce some big things in the future fair bit of movement at the phoenix as well obviously they've lost yanni wetzel but they've locked in ryan brokoff they've locked in mitch creek they've locked in isaiah liafra and they also locked in kyle adam so those four um I assume they'll be hoping for Dane Pino to be back fully healthy, and that gives them a, a pretty good starting point to, to prepare for next season with. Yeah, I like Kiefer Sykes as well. Yeah. I think uh, he'd be a good uh, signing for him if they can convince him to come back um, another year. Brokoff, you know, we didn't see the best of him yet, and, uh, you know, obviously pulled out of the boomers. Mm. I think, uh, you know, he'll be pretty motivated and uh, ready to play come next year. I think he'll have a big year because um, he'd probably be a little bit disappointed with with how he played this year. And, and I think the Phoenix will utilize him a little bit more as well. He seemed to just kind of be stuck in that corner at times. And, mm. um, you know, you look at him versus a Clint Stondel with the Wildcats who's just coming off multiple screens. They're trying to get him a, a shot. I think, uh, you know, they'll – 
Simon Mitchell will have to run some more stuff to get Brokoff in because he's such a, a deadly weapon. And he's, he's a bit like Clint Stondel where, you know, he catches and shoots. It, he, he, they shoot it so hard. They're so athletic that it, it's a tough, tough thing to stop when they're, when they're, when you get them going. Absolutely. Um, then the Sydney Kings, plenty of movement there on top of having a new coach. So they, they've lost Daniel Kickett. They've lost Brad Newley. They've lost Craig Moller. But they are bringing back Xavier Cooks. They're bringing back Jarrell Martin, which to me is a massive, massive signing. He was he was outstanding for a lot of this season. Jordan Hunter's back as well, and so is Tom Vodanovich. Um What do you make of those moves? Yeah, look, I, I think that... Um... You're probably bought on there. You know, there's some of those guys that, um, you know, Craig Muller, I think, can play a role in in the league. Um, so I'm surprised that, you know, he's he's not right back. But, um, you know, newly... He's, he's signed in Europe. So I think he wanted to try out playing yeah, the okay. for the first time. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that... But, you know, you got to like what Jordan Hunter brings. Um, I think that that's a, an excellent signing and... Um, you know, I think they've they've got a, a nucleus there as well. That's going to be is Casper Ware signed again, or is he a free agent now? I think he's a free agent. I think. Yeah. Okay. You got to think that they'll they'll be exploring him if they can fit him into into the cap as well. So, but obviously, uh, Buford having some NBA ties, you know, he's going to have a lot of connections. So I'm sure that they're going to get some some good imports to come out as well. I'll just check about Casper. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a free agent. So we'll, we'll wait and see on on that that news from the Sydney Kings. Um, now, the Australian Boomers for Tokyo, Sean. Um, you picked your 12 last week. And now Brian Gorgian has officially picked his final 12 as well because we're only three weeks away from the team he- heading over to Japan and we're only four weeks away from, from them playing their, their first game. So it's, it's creeping up on us. Um, so the final 12 picked for the Australian Boomers for Tokyo is Aaron Baines, Matthew Delavadova, Dante Exum, Chris Golding, Josh Green, Joe Ingalls, Nick Kay, Jock Landale, Paddy Mills, Duop Reith, Nathan Sobey, and Matisse Thibel. So a pretty strong final 12. The only differences you had um, in the team that you picked last week, you had Mitch Creek and Brock Modem, and you didn't have... Nathan Sobey and Josh Green. I think your your 12 would have been pretty solid, but the final 12 that they've picked, it's probably pretty tough to argue with with at the same time. Yeah, look, I haven't seen a whole lot of um, Josh Green play. So, um, you know, I'd be... And that's the hard thing. And that's why you have a, a training camp as well. You want to see, mm-hmm. you know, what... What? How these guys play together? What happens when they're on the court? Are they in shape? Are they motivated? Are they ready to go? Um, and then also you're kind of looking at the future. You know, are you looking at Josh Green as kind of being your 11th, 12th man? Are you looking at Sobe in that position? Um, the one thing I liked about Mitch Creek, I just kind of felt like he was that game changer. He came in and just provided energy that you kind of need some. You're going to need at some point in a in a tournament type of format. Um, because it can be a bit of a grind, so um, so I'll be interested to see who brings that. Is that like a Thibel? Is that uh, Duop Reith? Uh, you know, I, we've seen Thibel in 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 uh, in the NBA, but I haven't seen a whole lot of Duop Reith. So uh, I'll be interested to see what he kind of brings to the Boomers as well. Yeah, I agree. The biggest surprise to me, and I know a lot of people have been surprised about Josh Giddy's omission, but I wasn't surprised. The one that took me by surprise was Brock Modem. 
he's just such a such a machine out there, and I think he could have been a difference maker. But ultimately, um, it probably came down to Brock Modem and Nick Kay, and and realistically, it was probably who, whoever had the best training camp, and and you know the coaching staff there was the, were in a better place to see that than us. Yeah, you know, if I'm looking at both those two players, I played against both of them. Um, obviously, seen Nick K up close the last couple of years. Haven't seen as much Brock Modem, but you just kind of feel like Nick K kind of fits into a team where he's willing to play a little bit more of a role when you got such yeah, superstars. Sure. Yep. Whereas Modem, I mean, he's great with the ball in his hands, but let's let's face it, we got we got enough scores out there. <laughs> yeah, we do. And so maybe Nick Kay's kind of that, uh, and that's what you—that's what you a need. A bit of role player, yeah. Yeah, a bit more of a role player, and happy to play that. And the fact that he can knock down that three at a pretty consistent rate these days, um, maybe, maybe gave him the edge. So um, you don't know how that how that played out, but that's just me looking at it from the outside and, and knowing and playing against those two guys. That um, yeah, I think Motive is probably a little bit more talented offensive player, but. Maybe knowing Gorgon as well, he'll he loves those guys that can get down and play, you know, do the little things to kind of help a team win, especially when you got so many superstars that are coming from the NBA. You kind of need someone to do a little bit of dirty work. And Nick K, as we saw with the Perth Wildcats last year, he can do a little bit of everything. Mm. Hard to fault the coaching staff under Brian Gorgon as well. It's hard to fault Gorge to start with, but then he's got Matty Nielsen, Adam Caporn, and John Really as his assistants. Yeah. You'll, you'll probably go a long way to find three better better assistants than, than, than those three. Yeah, I was like, so, look, I didn't know um, that John really was until uh, I mm. saw the team that he was he was in there. I think that's awesome that, uh, you know, he's been over in the college system in America. Obviously, Matt Nielsen coaching in the G League and um, Adam Caporn, uh, you know, a bit of uh, outside of really, you know, Nielsen and uh, Caporn as well. A um, bit of a Wildcat connection there, so... It's, uh, you know, fantastic uh, coaching staff. And, you know, I know Brian Gorgon will have that team ready to go. And they're already talking about gold medal. So, you know, going going into the Olympics um, with high expectations, um, let's, hope, uh, let's hope they can meet them. Gold medal seems, it's, it seems a big goal for me still. Given we've never won a medal before, would you just be happy with bronze or... Are you willing to actually feel like they should be shooting for gold as well? Look, I think a lot of things going to have to fall into place to win the gold. Um, They're going to need, you know, two or three guys that just play outstanding. You know, is it Patty Mills, Joe Ingles, um, Aaron Baines, and, and, you know, maybe a surprise in there that uh, we're not expecting to just have an unbelievable tournament. Uh, it's just such a tough. I mean, every team's got so many good NBA guys, and um, you know, I'll be interested to see how USA does. Um, you know, a lot of that will have to come down to your draw, where you kind of finish, who you match up with in yeah. in the quarterfinals, semis. Um, you know, I think we'd all be proud if they if they got a medal. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, the fact that they're going over. With uh, with that mindset, um, you, you know I like it. Yeah, I, I like it, and uh, let's let's hope they accomplish it. Speaking of pride, the Suns have come up with a big victory, and with the win, kneel down a playoff spot. Beautiful feet again, and eight 
with the slam. Hooker is unguardable. Hill Bridges with a triple. Look at Paul. Look at Paul fire. Look at him score. are the best in the West. It's time to get locked in to the NBA Finals. Yeah, Sean, there must have been a lot of time over the last... When did you first start following the Suns? 20, 20 years ago? It must uh, have been... When, uh, yeah, 2000. Uh, oh, 2000? When, yep. uh, when I moved to uh, Arizona. So, yep. been... Uh, you know, 1993 since they last made the grand final, and uh, yeah. you know they lost Fam- to famous uh, series, famous Charles Barkley versus Michael Jordan. Yeah, series. lost to uh, um, an okay player in Michael Jordan, but <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I don't think any Suns fans would have thought that you know if you'd asked them two years ago if they'd be playing um, mm. in the NBA Finals uh, in 2021, I think they would have all thought that was a bit of a stretch, but. Um, you know, just been an unbelievable year. Monty Williams done unbelievable job coaching that team. And, uh, you know, they're a fun team yep. to watch. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I've got my Steve Nash jersey wearing it with prod at the moment. So, uh, I'm excited to see the, the NBA finals coming up. To, uh, you know, I got a feeling they'll play against the Bucks. I think um, so. but, uh, you, you never know if, um, if Trey Young can get healthy, uh, the uh, the Hawks have been defying the odds all playoffs. They have been, um, but at the same time, um, not only is Phoenix now into the NBA Finals, but whether it's the Bucks or the Hawks, you'd have to think they're they're the favourites to take out the championship from here. Yeah, I mean, you kind of don't want them to be the favorites. You like that they've <laughs> just been the underdog all this time. But uh, if they can stay healthy, if Chris Paul can stay healthy, Devin Booker um, can keep his face out from from being broke, and mm. uh, you know, you got to like uh, all the rest of the the guys on that team are just playing their roles beautifully. Um, it's a it's a fun team to watch. So let's let's hope they can get it done. Has the support of the Suns? crept into your family as well or is dad very much the only one that's a son's son's fan well look my my son is a bucks fan so that's what uh, i thought i remember i remember him getting a, a gianna singlet yeah he's been wearing that around the house so yeah. uh he you know if if the bucks beat the Suns in the finals um he might be sleeping out on the trampoline for a few <laughs> weeks uh does he get Does he get to stay home from school to watch though? At least with with that, is that one bonus that he gets? Well, it's school holidays, yeah. So uh, yeah. we'll be putting those uh, those games on, that's for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, timing wise, my my camps in the afternoon, so hopefully we get to watch the games <laughs> in the morning, um, yeah. and then I can get to go in a good mood celebrating a son's win. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so we'll all be following that very closely. Um, it's been a big year. Big second season here for us on the show on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle, Sean. And and I, I just want to say thank you for putting your faith in me to spend so much time with me week after week. And, and you know, I mean, let's be honest, when you're the scoring machine, you, you, could, you, could, you could be doing this with anybody, but you've decided to do it with me. So I wanted to thank you for that. And, of course, we couldn't do it without the support of Hoop 7. And, and Jason and his team at Hoop 7, whether it's the physical store 
on Murray Street in the Perth City or at hoop7.com.au. It's the best in the business and I can't recommend them enough and I would be recommending them even if they didn't sponsor our show here because they're, it's just such an incredible store. So I wanted to thank you, Sean, and also Hoop7 for making 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 it possible for us to be able to bring you, bring you this show every single week. Well, thanks, Pocky. It's been uh, my pleasure, and uh, you know, you're the you get all the things done behind the scenes and uh, send through the scripts and, and do all the hard work. So, thanks for all your efforts, and uh, it's been been fun. And look forward to uh, doing it again next year. Yeah, let's hope so. And let's be honest, though, I, I can do as much work as I like, but unless I've got you alongside me, no one's going to be listening. So, so thank you, <laughs> thank you for your faith, Sean, and and we'll we'll be putting in some work behind the scenes on some other projects as well and we hope to have some news in the coming months on on another announcement shortly and if you ever wanted to learn more about the scoring machine stay tuned because we hope to have a have a big release and a big announcement leading into the next NBL season but for now thank you thank you for the support of boomerang for bringing us damien martin for the show this week thank you to tab touch and the tab touch preview with maddie knight and as i said thank you to hoop seven for making this possible I'm Chris Piker. I'll sign off for now and leave you with the final words of the one and only scoring machine. Well, thanks, Piker. It's been a long season, but uh, the best team won in Melbourne United and uh, excited to see what the offseason brings. And it'll be a short offseason and we'll have NBL basketball back in no time. So thanks to all the listeners this year. Look forward to uh, having you back with us next year.